Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Jeff Corin. He is a business marketing speaker, trainer and coach, and author of Built In Social, Essential Social Marketing Practices for Every Small Business. So, Jeff, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. So, let's start within the title. What do you mean by Built In well, that came from probably some language I hope I can remember, but the publisher actually designed that title because I was playing with uh, some concepts called uh, designing your business around social. But the basic premise was social is not a layer that you add to your marketing. It has to be built into every aspect of it. And as we were talking earlier, not just marketing, but sales, operations, I think everybody in that business has to really embrace the whole concept of what it means to be a business in this new business environment that is so strongly influenced by social media and so many other things. Well, yeah, you know, it's really a, a really popular term in particularly in larger business uh, world, I think, is that uh, uh, that that idea of a social business and and the implication being that it's not just marketing, as, as you suggested, that it, uh, it's, it's actually a behavior, maybe more than a tactic. Oh, totally. I mean, that's what I just love about the work we both do is that from when I first was studying marketing in the 80s, I was always fascinated by buying behavior and what influences that. Uh, not so much, you know, some of the external things, but what really makes people do the things they do. And in my mind, that's a big part of social media. And it's really fascinating because these subtleties are the aspects of social marketing that people often miss that make the difference as far as those conversions. Well, so, you know, you're, I think you're suggesting in this book, and I think a lot of people suggest this. I mean, do we need to be building different businesses than the traditional way, I think, maybe 10, 15 years ago? I, I believe we do. And so that idea of designing your business around social was actually inspired by a quote from Mark Zuckerberg. And I believe he said that about four years ago, that every industry is going to have to redesign itself around social. And then, of course, that means every leading business will have to do the same. But just look at how business is done these days. Um, it, it is completely different from this kind of bureaucratic, traditional, top-down model that existed, you know, 30 odd years ago. Basically, when I was studying my MBA back then, we learned how to attack markets and segment markets and everything was this bureaucratic uh, language that came from the military or something like that. And to me, I like to say that everything or at least almost everything I learned in that MBA program is irrelevant today because it's now more about getting out, working together with people not marketing to them, marketing with them, not selling to them, collaborating and cooperating and selling with them. And so you think about that and I think of other things. You know, I was literally instructed in that MBA program that you're going to go out there and there's going to be this conflict between production and marketing. They're going to want to keep inventory down. You're going to want to have plenty of product available to ship when you uh, make those sales so that you can get it to your customers quickly. And I look at it that with all this transparency that we're seeing, customers, buyers, businesses, they're getting very smart about noticing the subtleties. And when they start to see any sort of um, 
incongruency amongst these businesses, or, or I guess within these businesses, then they're going to be looking somewhere else. And I think that's really where we're moving to, is it all has to work well together. It has to be integrated. It has to be literally built into the whatever that is that drives your business, if it's values, if it's a mission or a vision or whatever. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, that people have to realize is just how people find products and companies and solutions you know, has changed so dramatically um, over the last 10, 12, I, I've been in business 25 years, and I mean, the, the shift is, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've seen the entire shift from when, you know, so, in my business, when I needed to buy a copier. You know, I would go to, I, I probably went to the Yellow Pages, and I looked up uh, somebody that uh, sold copy. you know, the people that had ads in there and sold copiers, and I called one or two of them, and they would come out, and the person would bring a brochure and say, here's the latest and greatest of copiers. I mean, can you imagine actually buying a product that way these days? <laughs> Well, do you remember how much you spent on those brochures? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that was painful, but yeah. uh, but no, of course that's not going to happen. And and so I think a lot about how I would have operated my brick and mortar type business differently back then, my landscape business, because we didn't have the ability to do research like we do today. And so sure, we had the yellow pages, and research amounted to talking to friends. But these days, you know, more than 50% of all consumers are going to the web to do their homework. The other half of them are talking to their friends. And I think in reality, both of them are doing respectively both things. They're talking to friends and doing research, validating one with the other. So, so you may have been eliminated before you even knew I wanted something. Right? Exactly. Right. Sure. Yeah. And sure. I think that's the that that's the... The challenge, I think, for a lot of companies in, in embracing kind of this new environment is that uh, the, we no longer need them just to share information. So, yeah, in fact, there's a, a survey I've been quoting a, a bunch lately that was done by uh, the, the conference executive board. This uh, now goes by CEB, uh, their uh, sales division, and they, they uh, surveyed 1,400 B2B companies. And I think the statistic was something like 57% of the companies surveyed said that they actually made um, a decision or at least uh, created kind of the short list of who they were going to consider you know, before they ever reached out and actually even um, n you know, notified anybody that they were looking for anything. Right, right. And, and, and I think that that's, you know, if people, you know, if that doesn't make you think, well, gosh, I need to be participating in inbound marketing or I need to be producing content, I need people to be able to find me uh, then, rather than me, you know, going, you know, the days when, when people would put out RFPs and, and I would respond, I mean, I think those days are over. Oh, I completely think they are. I mean, you know, it, it's having those two things together, having that online presence and then having the connections that can validate the work that you do. And I think if you have those two today, uh, I think you need both of them because back in when I was in the corporate world, if you know, I was brand new, I was fresh out of that MBA program and they had never really done any marketing at all. And when I would ask questions, they would say, well, call the guys up at Shell. I worked for Philips Chemical Company or Philips Petroleum Company. And, um, you know, that was that was the research. And so, you know, we had these huge research departments. I don't know where they were doing their research, but it was it was very interesting because there were just hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, just plying through all this data. And it and this, we're not talking days or even weeks. We're talking months and years. And by the time they got doing that work, uh, the market opportunities had passed. This happened time and time again. And I think the pace of things these days, the access that businesses have, that consumers have, 
to that data means that you've got to be in the game of producing the kind of data that's going to attract people to your business. Well, and I, I think the other thing that's happened, of course, I'll, I'll turn that around and quote another statistic from that survey, is, of course, you know, everybody rushed into this idea of producing content, and now, uh, quite frankly, we're all sort of drowning in it. And, um, and so the other statistic I thought was really interesting from that survey was, uh, it was somewhere in the neighborhood, I, I want to say it was 53% of, of those same people surveyed said that, um, that that while you know they 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 did their research that way that that actually um, the sales experience um, was actually what dictated whether or not they they remain loyal to a company. So you know they, we I, I think that there's so many people trying to do this content marketing at ten thousand feet, and there really has to be this combination of 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 sales or a sales experience, a sales process that that's no longer just bringing me information, but it's actually helping me filter the information and make sense of the information and and actually adding uh, insight. And I think that's a I think that's a skill set that that maybe is different from what we used to think of as the traditional sales person. And well. <laughs> You know, I'll just tell you my experience. I mean, when I showed up at that corporation, uh, there was very little sales training. Uh, they basically said, talk to all these guys, these experienced pros, uh, go down to the plant for a month, do this, do that. There really wasn't much. That's when I discovered this guy by the name of Zig Ziglar and learned a lot there. But uh, when I started my landscape business, you know, so now I had a chance to start fresh and it was... Um, getting that process together that really made things click. And I just called it the business process, but I guess it's really the sales process, but it was very orchestrated to the tune of the client comes to the office, even where they sat in that room, whether they were looking at photos of landscape projects or awards. Of course, I wanted them, I didn't care about the awards, I, but we hung them up in case they were interested, but we wanted them looking at other jobs, uh, how we had these respective meetings. It was a very, very... Uh, orchestrated and defined process, even to we, that's what the first meeting was all about. It was, there was discovery, but it was explaining the process. And there were four stages in the initial stage, which was, um, first meeting was, I believe, called a communication meeting, then a collaboration meeting, then a creative meeting, and a commitment meeting. And so from day one, from almost the first 15 minutes, they knew that we were going to have four meetings and be looking for a commitment. And I think when you have a process like that established, it makes everything else so easy. And, and so I've actually been working on this this week is doing the same thing with my social media, such that the two are blended together and work well together. And, well, here we go again back into the built-in aspect of, of making everything integrated. But I think that's essential. You you mentioned a word that I wanted to bring up because you know a number of the, the the chapters in this book actually just I think make great questions because I think you've done a great job clarifying some some important elements and one of them I wanted to jump on was this idea of collaboration. You spent a lot of time talking about um, how collaboration is is certainly one of the ways in which a company uh, does this built in approach. So you want to explain that uh, and, and again I think most people think of or certainly familiar with collaboration in in the sense of collaborating, say, with a vendor or a strategic partner. But I think you take it a little deeper, don't you? I do, you know, and I've learned a lot from our mutual friend, uh, Seth Godin, and I'm, I'm trying to think of how he puts it, but it's the idea of don't create products and services and take them to the marketplace, you know, understand the marketplace, work together with them so that you can create something better than they have imagined. 
And so that's kind of how he puts it. Um, how we did it in that landscape business was essentially the same way. Uh, the collaboration meeting, meeting number two was, uh, you're going to draw two. And of course, most of them couldn't draw, and that was okay. But the idea was we wanted them to take physical actions, a physical action to go to our office to, where we controlled the environment. The next physical action was... Um, you know, writing or at least bringing photos or, or doing something actively so that they're fully engaged, what, of course, we all know is a, a key aspect of making social media work. But, but the idea was um, if they're a co-creator, they have to like the idea. And so even when we were talking budgets, uh, we talked budgets together. And, and that wasn't this is what it's going to take, but, but they were co-creating again by telling us which elements do they want, what type of hardscape do they want. Well, they said they want a hardscape. Then they would have choices, bluestone, flagstone, brick paving, et cetera. Uh, do they want water features? Do they want all these other features? And we would list these elements, and then we would have a range one, two, and three of high, medium, and low where they would choose the type of materials that would get used to the point that actually what they were doing was controlling their budget. They were helping to create it. And so that got over a big question that we all had to address was, you know, what's the budget going to be? And, of course, it's all customized, so nobody really knows the budget. I have a sense of it, but and, and if they make the choices, then they've determined the budget. They've made their own price, not me. Well, and, and I think you could even take that to use your example of, of a physical brick-and-mortar business. But, uh, you know, over in my consulting practice over the years, when I, you know, I used to develop a product and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's the cost. And we'd go out there and say, who wants it? Um, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we knew what we were talking about and some people wanted it. Um, but, uh, but I think now in today's, uh, uh environment of collaboration, a, 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 you know, a much greater way to use your community, use your client, uh, bases just is to, you know, bring five of them together and say, I'm kind of sort of thinking about doing this. What do you think? You know, what should go in this? If I did this, what would it, you know, what would, what would the value to you be? And, and actually almost creating like software makers, beta versions of products with your customers. And I, I think it's a, it's a really powerful way to, uh, to maybe nail a need that's out there, but, but really also to, to, uh, to get something that uh, built that, that maybe you already have a, an audience now ready to buy. Sure, and I, I think one a great example of that, I, I thought it was brilliant, and I think it was intentional, but when Google Plus was launched, how they basically gave invitations to uh, influential people, sure, right. created that scarcity concept, and basically just let us play with it. Of course, I guess they did this with other products prior to that, but they were listening. You know, I was watching Robert Scoble make comments and, and feedback, and two, three days later, they would say, we've got that feature now, here it is. And to me, that's really how a lot of us need to be thinking is, is it, you know, it's never done. Your products are never perfect. There's always a way to make them better. And, of course, we see that in technology, but in every other business, we should be thinking the same way. Yeah. No, I think, I think uh, software, beta development, freemium versions, I mean, there's so many uh, that, that are kind of standard models in the software industry. I, I think you can ap apply a lot of those approaches, uh, the, a lot of the lean startup uh, um, ideas and books that have been out of recent. I, th I think a lot of businesses can learn a lot from that idea of, of developing things quickly and, and collaborating with, with customers or communities. And that's, to me, that's one of the, the, the great values. I've seen it over the years of social media for me is not just, oh, I've got all these followers, so they, they click on things and they, 
you know, I get traffic from them. I, I can't. In writing, I'm working on finishing my fourth book, and I, I in a lot of ways, um, uh, all but the first one. We didn't have social media for my first book, but 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 truly, um, um, I have I have put ideas out there. I've put outlines out there. I've I've you know tested things in blog posts, and I get uh, uh, there's a lot of collaboration in the books that I've written. Sure, sure. I think it's just absolutely a great way to differentiate your business because if your competitors, and of course we all know many of them are not keeping pace, uh, in fact, it, it's so easy to do this when you're, uh, you think you're at the top of your game, it usually means you're, you're on the downslide right. or you soon will be. And there always has to be this, this idea that we're not there yet. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't celebrate what you've achieved, but still, I like the idea that there's always a way to do something better. I mean, when I was writing that book, believe me, um, I'm happy. I'm actually extraordinarily happy with the result. But when I was writing it, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and you know, of course, you've got an editing process and you make it better. And then there's the next book, which is really going to segue off of this thing we were talking about, the idea of sales, or at least in my mind, that uh, selling, uh, relationship selling uh, being the new social marketing and I've I've seen the outline of your book and I love what you're covering and I think I'm I'm really looking forward to that book. I think it's going to be a phenomenal book. Well, thanks so much. Well, uh, we have Jeff. We've 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 used up uh, our, our allotted time for uh, the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on here. Built-in social essential social marketing practices for every small business, and you can uh, you can get that uh, everywhere the books are sold. Uh, but uh, do you do you have uh, have you created any? I, I, I looked around on your site, and I think I, I think you have created some uh, additional content or a place that people can read more about uh, the the book itself. I have. I was fortunate that the domain builtinsocial.com was available. So they can either go to my name, jeffcorhan.com, and click on the tab for the book, I think is what it's called, or just go straight to Built In Social. And uh, that's where I have interviews like this that I've done, uh, ways to download the first chapter, the introduction in the table of contents. So uh, I'm doing my best to put enough content on there, but uh, you know what I'm I'm really focused on is, of course, just just doing what we both do and love to do, which is blogging and and just you know looking down the road and creating better content. Well, Jeff, thanks so much, and I'm I'm sure we'll uh, uh, bump into you out there on the road. You bet. Thanks for having me. 